guess it doesn't hurt to start off with some Jasper action. Hello everyone, I am Kimberly Adams and welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. Kai is out today and so joining me for Economics on Tap is the wonderful Sabri Beneshore. And thanks for being here, Sabri, with all of your plants. <laughs> Thank you for having me back. And thanks to everyone to jo for joining us on the podcast and the YouTube live stream for Economics on Tap. Yes, today we are going to do some news fixes, have some drinks, take a little break, and then we're going to play our very fun game, Half Full, Half Empty. But uh, first, Sabri, tell me what you are drinking. Uh, water, isn't it? I'm drinking... <laughs> What's that? I was like, it's water, it's muscle isn't milk. it? <laughs> no, no, it's a, it's, it's a muscle milk. I'm too... That's... I'm too lazy to cook, so I just make smoothies. This was my smoothie <laughs> from earlier today. That's a it large was, but it's, it, portion. Yeah, yeah. I forgot to clean it, so now it just has dried smoothie. In well, it, no, it looks like the there's blender. some liquid smoothie in there in the bottom still. It's say sludge, really. Sure. What about you? What are you sludge. drinking? Uh, so I was listening to Kai's story the other day about the business that made the big investment in non-alcoholic uh, drinks. And oh yeah, did you hear that? Well, one of the mm -hmm, things they mm -hmm. were saying is that they make their cocktails sometimes with like part booze and part non-alcoholic spirits. And so I decided mm. to try making a Manhattan today using my de-alcoholized bourbon and oh, wow. real vermouth. And so this is oh, this wow. is going to be interesting. Yeah. It tastes different, but it's still good. It's mm. Manhattan-ish. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's move on to our news fixes. Sabri, since you're the guest, why don't you go first? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. So um, I saw this article in uh, Curbed in New York Magazine. It's called New Yorkers Never Came Flooding Back. Why Did Rents Go Up So Much? Getting to the Bottom mm. of a COVID-Era Real Estate Mystery. And I will tell you, I have I have the like reading attention span of one of my plants like I, I honestly <laughs> am terrible but this was a long read and it was a good read and basically to sum it up the author writes that you know we kept on hearing about all these people flooding back to new york and the you know washes of people coming back and so rents of course naturally skyrocketed and he was like well i actually looked into the population data and found zero evidence of people flooding back and in fact if anything found like a lot of evidence for people trickling out still. And oh. so then he was like, well, why are the rents going up so much? And uh, what he found, or what he suspects, I should say, is that A, it's something called warehousing, where landlords withhold units. And this is pro probably more in like luxury buildings. They withhold units mm -hmm. from the market, uh, keep them vacant just to create an artificial scarcity of supply so the rents go up. And mm. uh, and the other thing is this algorithmic rent setting business that apparently the mm -hmm. DOJ is investigating where yeah. it's like a, you have a bunch of landlords using the same quote unquote algorithm. And it's the same effect as if they all got together and said, hey, let's like coordinate on setting the rent to like the maximum price. price they don't fixing. do that. The computer does it for them is the allegation. So anyway, it is a crazy read, crazy read. I mean, he goes into like the sewage data to try and <laughs> confirm this alleged population 
uh, growth that he does not find evidence for. It is wild, and I highly recommend. Yeah, but what are they going to do about it, though? Like, yeah, great question. Um, I mean, there is some apparently there's some legislation uh, in the New York legislature to stop this practice of quote unquote warehousing, you know, where you keep mm. properties vacant. I feel like it would be very hard to prove that, you know, you're intentionally keeping something vacant as opposed to like, what if people just don't want to rent it? But I, I don't know yeah. what the mechanism for sussing that out would be. Yeah. And then <sighs> DOJ is investigating that algorithm software thing. So. Right. What about you? What's your news fix? I have two, actually. I mean, I know there's been a lot of coverage about the anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And, you know, it's terrible. It's awful. And I was looking. Gallup has a really interesting collection of various polls related to where we are in the war. And it's just a bunch of fascinating charts in terms of you know, Americans supporting the war versus not. Um, Republicans think that the U.S. is doing too much to help Ukraine. Democrats do not. Uh, Ukrainians' view on how on continuing the war with Russia based on region and also, oh. you know, how much faith they have in their country and institution. It seems like everybody's kind of buckling in for a long conflict. But also, it was interesting that a majority of the people in Ukraine see NATO and EU membership in their future, which is kind of mm -hmm. like one of the things that was an issue at the beginning of this, that Russia mm -hmm. didn't want you know, Ukraine in, in NATO and in these other groups. So it was just an interesting collection of charts. Now, the other... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just... I mean, I was just going to note, remark on the you know, the politicization of it. Um, mm. I, I saw, you know, how the sort of approval of the spending is starting to, starting to break down along party lines. And it's just sort of like, I mean, is there anything that does not get politicized these days? No, no, there is not. <laughs> there is most certainly not. Um, I, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe not this next one. I hope, fingers crossed, mm. but seeing what, what happens with uh, teaching black history in this country, I guess not. Um, but since we are winding down Black History Month, you know, there's been all these sort of honors and, and notations and emails and things like that. And I got an email from the U.S. Patent and Trade Office. Yes, I'm on their mailing list because why not? And... Mm. They have a public search facility that they're opening in Virginia where the public can go and search patents by computer, on microfilm, go through old files, and it's this new facility. And they're getting ready to rename this public search facility after a patent examiner named Henry Baker. And he was a, so patent examiners are the people who like when someone applies for a patent, they check and make sure there is an already existing patent and does it conflict and is it original and all these things. So there was a black patent examiner named Henry Baker who worked there, I guess he lived from 1857 to 1928 and he compiled the first ever list of African-American patent holders 
to use it as a weapon against racism to prove that black Americans were also innovators and wow. creative and just as able to come up with really interesting inventions as anybody else. But what's interesting is that there was no easy way for him to do this because back then, and even now, I don't think, they don't really track the race of people applying for patents. And so he basically, you know, turned to people and just started reaching out and, and crowdsourced this list of black inventors to try to figure out who of inventors were black and came up with this list himself. And I thought that was really wow. cool. And they're renaming the facility after him. So that anyway, is cool. the, the, the press release says Henry Baker's story teaches us that diverse employee perspectives have always made the agency's work better, even mm. back in the day. So there's wow. that. Cool. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. Well, that's it for the News Fix. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to play a round of Half Full, Half Empty. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy. You're not going to dance along to the music with me, are you, Sabri? Oh, no, we would lose viewers immediately if I started to <laughs> dance. I highly <laughs> doubt that. Or anyway. someone would call in a medical emergency. <laughs> okay, well, this is Half Full, Half Empty, uh, our game where our very own Drew Jostad gives us the news topics, and then we tell you how we're feeling about them, with the positive being half full, the negative being half empty. And remember, on our last round, we'll invite the folks on the YouTube live stream to play along and vote as well. And so, Drew, let's uh, take it away. All right. Uh, the Food and Drug Administration is out with guidance that says that plant-based milks can continue to bill themselves as milk. Are you half full or half empty? Oh, let's start with our plant guy. <laughs> you have the you know, biggest I smile. <laughs> <laughs> I'm half empty on that, and I'm not sure why. But I just, I, for some reason, I feel like I don't know the those almond milkers and uh, I wish I, I love oat milk and I love almond milk, 
but I feel like they definitely like usurped the <laughs> title of milk. Like those are not milk. They're just kind of like pasty or like they're just like opaque liquids. Like they're they're not I I guess I've been brainwashed by the the milk campaign people, but I I'm on team cow milk. What do you think we should call the nut liquid products whatever we, mm, anyway, what do you think we should call them? <laughs> uh well, you know, um slurry uh (laughs) (laughs) milk or silk or almond oil emulsion those those would all be accurate oh lawrence ubel says plant juice oh yeah there you go yeah yeah. All right, we don't have to answer this question today. We'll turn yeah. to the audience. Maybe people will write in. They came up with ideas for what to call mocktails as well. So anyway, I am um, half full, actually, because as we saw, this was just too difficult. So keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next, Drew? All right, along with partners including J.P. Morgan Chase and Air Canada, United Airlines has said it's going to launch a $100 million venture toward sustainable jet fuels. Are you half full or half empty? On unsustainable jet fuel? I mean, I'm half full on the project. I don't know that I believe it. I feel like we've heard about initiatives like this before without much progress, and the cynic in me is wondering how real it is. But I mean, if it happens, sure. Um, But everybody, okay, everyone else on here is empty as well. Sounds like greenwashing, seems like marketing or media stunt. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's where I am. I mean, I'm half full on this. The issue that they're dealing with is that actual hydrogen powered jets are far, 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 far away. Like, the difficulty mm-hmm. in you know compressing enough and refrigerating enough hydrogen to fuel like a jet jet is the major major technological challenge technological challenge so what they're doing is it's like you know the sustainable jet fuel it's like fuel it's the same it's fuel you know it's like mm-hmm. oil it's it, what do you call it it's it's the same you know chemical but they can manufacture it using um you know, you can compose these compounds in a lab and the theoretically you could do so using energy from high, green hydrogen, from hydrogen, from wind, from solar, and you can piece together these fuel molecules. Um, still obviously gets burned and I guess they can do carbon offsets or something, but I don't actually know to what extent the the production of that fuel is using green electricity so i think it's i think you're right we'll have to see how that plays out but the idea is you know practical okay what's next drew are you half full or half empty on new york city pushing to become a tech hub isn't it already uh half full i think it kind of is already what i'm guessing they want it more yeah, I mean, I'm half empty just to be difficult. I mean, I <laughs> support jobs and everything, but, you know, they're not going to build enough housing to accommodate all these mm. people who are going to be making great salaries and will be able to afford higher rents than everybody else. And while I am glad they will be able to experience New York, uh, it's just, you know, 
there I highly doubt the housing capacity to host them will be built um, without the everyone's rents going up or people just being pushed out yeah 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 which is what often has happens all right drew what's next half full or half empty on certain brands of water bottles going viral I saw this story. Did you see one of our uh, colleagues uh, did it for, I think it was for the website about why a particular type of water bottle went like viral on TikTok. Uh, It's, uh, let me click on the link. I remember, right, Hannah did this story. Yes, the Stanley, I guess it was mainly known as like a camping tumbler and somehow they made it cool for hipsters on TikTok or something like that. Sure, why not? Get people to half full, all the way full, getting people to not use plastic water bottles? Sure. Nope. People don't like people don't like this. I see a lot of empties on this. Huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll, like I'll be I'll be hostility. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's hostility to TikTok. Is mm. what that is probably. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I see. People didn't realize that we were talking about a reusable water bottle. Yes, that's what we're talking about. A reusable metal water bottle that is not a plastic one. So, yes, that's what we're talking about. Okay. Um, are we up to the last round, Drew? Did Sabri weigh in on the water bottles? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, ha- I'm half fully on that. Yeah, I like sustainability. All right. <laughs> yeah, we got the poll next. Okay, everybody on uh, the YouTube live stream, get ready and uh, cast your votes for half full or half empty on this last round. But let's go, Drew. Okay, this one might take a little bit of a setup, but there's a new feature on some Samsung smartphones called Custom Voice Creator, where you can create a clone of your own voice with a a quote-unquote AI, and then... If somebody calls you, you can type in a text message and have your voice clone read it to the person who's calling or say it in your voice. Are you half full or half empty on this type of thing? Oh, I'm going to reserve judgment until people vote, but I also have my mm. face. So, I mean, I'm, I'm still dealing with the bitterness of, of having that Siri voice that sounds like me. So it doesn't really matter in my account. Uh, let's see. How are we doing on voting? We have 166 votes. So, Ooh. oh, King Cat points out this is great for the handicapped for accessibility. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm going to say i'm half empty because i don't know but now that i'm thinking about the accessibility thing you know for people who are visually impaired that's i guess useful but those folks usually already have screen readers anyhow so yeah i think this is kind of a useless feature Mm, and dictation yeah so half i'm gonna go half empty uh what is the poll yeah most people what about you sabri I am half full because this sounds so chaotic and ripe for disaster, and I just can't wait to see. <laughs> I just can't wait to see the chaos unfold. It sounds like one more step into our dystopian future, and I just I'm just popping the popcorn every time. 
<laughs> you know, I can imagine, you know, those difficult conversations that you don't want to have, like when the person who you're trying to ghost or whatever texts you and you can just like send them a message or they call you and be like, actually, I don't want to talk to you anymore, but do it in your own voice. <laughs> and so you didn't technically ghost them, but you know, yeah. <laughs> You're planning, I can see it in your face, you're planning all sorts of ways to exploit this. <laughs> you do love mess, don't you? <laughs> yeah, that's why the rest of this room is not shown in the Zoom, among other reasons. <laughs> okay, well, we're, so you said you're half full because you want the chaos. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, well... Chaos Monkey, right. On that note, that is it for today. Thank you, Sabri. Uh, we are going to be back next week. And in the meantime, please do keep sending us your thoughts and comments and questions, your suggestions about what we could call the nut-derived fluids, I guess, uh, other than nut milks. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's gonna go badly uh and then or if there's a topic that you would like for the make me smart uh deep dives on tuesday or a question for what do you want to know wednesday we have all of the options or you can give us your answer to the make me smart question all of those things you can send to us at make me smart at marketplace.org or you can call us we're at 508 ub smart Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergseeker. Today's episode was engineered by Charlton Thorpe. Drew Jostad wrote the theme music to Half Full, Half Empty. Antonio Barreras is our intern. Yes, and the team behind our very fun Friday game is Mel Rosenberg, Emily McCune, and Antoinette Brock. Marissa Cabrera is our acting senior producer, and Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts, and Francesca Levy is our executive director of digital. We survived, yay. We all wanna be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.